I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting. Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 58, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, we call him Uncle Slam, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Uncle Slam? Oh, I get it. Memorial Day weekend. I get it. You're not someone's uncle, are you? I am someone's uncle. Okay. You've met my nephew oh, yeah, <laughs> hundreds <that is> of <laughs> times, <laughs> thousands of times. <laughs> that is true. That is correct. Uh, I apologize. So how was how's your Memorial going? Oh, it's great, Mike. We had a lot of barbecues. You you wouldn't know because you you turned down my invitation. So well, I was I was elsewhere celebrating. Well, you're always doing. You're always too busy to hang out with your friends. No, no, no. Never too busy for you, Brian. Never too busy for the that's wrestling not, podcast. That's not true. Brian, Brian Fury uh, just buried you a few moments ago for always, for always uh, excluding yourself from the action. That's what he does best. That's <laughs> what he loves to do. <laughs> uh, so you might be hearing some banging in the background. Um, not that kind of banging, Brian. Don't give me that look. <laughs> hey And uh, we are at uh, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, live on location at the NEPWA the office of, of one Brian Fury. Let's rummage around a little bit. Yeah, well, there's, there's going to be uh, something either valuable or incriminating in here. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's lots of uh, little. There's a lovely picture picture of me up on the wall there on the front page of uh, the Eagle Tribune. We did talk about that in the podcast, the uh, Broken Hearts, Broken Dreams yes, podcast. Actually, yeah. I took a picture of that. I'll put that on our Instagram at the WPA. A couple other people you might have heard of on there. You know, uh, nobody really important though. No, Kofi something or other. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. I don't recognize that last name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, we are here, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And before we get going, I just want to plug my appearance. Yes, I made an appearance on another podcast, the Main Event Podcast. That's Maine with an E, as in the state. I went on with Johnny Fashion and Big Bad Harmon, and we reviewed Knucklehead, the 2010 disaster of a picture starring the big show so look up main event podcast on itunes on podbean on stitcher anywhere you get your podcasts you can get the main event podcast look for them on twitter at main event pod instagram at main event pod facebook.com slash main event pod the main event podcast thank you very much to johnny and Harmon for having me on last week and today on the wrestling podcast about nothing on the nai network we've got your promo about nothing and a lot more but first there is a special reason we're here 
at the uh, wrestling school in North Andover, Massachusetts, Brian. We've had on a number of guests, all of whom are established in the wrestling business, and we talked about the struggles that they've faced to make it. But this time out, we're talking to someone who's brand new to wrestling. In fact, he just made his debut for Chaotic Wrestling. By a long shot, the youngest uh, person to ever appear on this podcast. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But, uh, you know, we talked about struggles with the other guys, but he's had his struggles as well. We'll talk about that. Uh, joining us today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, he's a student of uh, this fine establishment, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And I guess we can officially say now he is a professional wrestler. He is A-game, Avery Forrestall. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. It's Thanks, wonderful. Did, did he pronounce that right? If he yeah, did, yeah. if he if he didn't, feel free to go at him. No, no, he he did a good job. You listen to the podcast, of course, of course. I give it to Crockett all the time. Feel free to do the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was, was going to ask you how to pronounce your name before the uh, podcast, but uh, you just went for you, it. You nailed it. You nailed I, it. I, I went for it. Thank you very much. I think you know what I, I'm going to call shenanigans. I think he's too nice to tell you if he did. So <laughs> I don't think we truly know. Well, we'll have to. Uh, you can talk to him privately afterwards. He's a nice and find kid. Out. He's a nice kid. <laughs> so you said you mentioned he's the youngest person on the podcast. Fifteen years old. Is that correct? Yes, I'm fifteen. Crockett is literally old enough to be your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before we started recording. Born in two thousand one. Yes, two thousand one. WrestleMania eighteen was the first WrestleMania I was ever alive. And as you said, Cro- Crockett was forty five. That's not true. (laughs) And as you said, WCW was already closed. Yes, WCW was already dead before I was alive. Yes, (laughs) that's so amazing. Uh, (laughs) It is. It's because like I'm trying to think of like comparison wise, like you know, I'm trying like when I was born, like when I was born, WWF wasn't even like. Like Vince hadn't taken it national yet. <laughs> yeah, it was the WWWF when I was born. <laughs> so, it's it's a whole new world out there. Um, so we talked about the fact that you are a professional wrestler because you made your debut, Avery, in the Chaotic Countdown in Woburn a couple of weeks ago for Chaotic Wrestling. Hey, Avery, who won that thing, anyways? Oh, I for- I forget his name. I mean, it's kind of slipping my mind. Uh, t- oh, oh, it, it it was you, wasn't it? Was it? Wow. Wow. He was already in the showers by that point. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. He didn't win the things. So what does he care, right? He's too busy collecting his payday. Exactly. <laughs> so um, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, well, I've been a wrestling fan for almost my entire life. Uh, of course, I'm sure that we're going to get into my story later, but uh, I, while I was in the hospital, I discovered wrestling. It was the thing that always gave me hope, something that always inspired me. All my heroes were wrestlers, and it was something that I could live vicariously through. And uh, ever since that moment, I just wanted to be the hero that those people were to me, uh, long story short. So it's been a long time coming. It's something I've looked forward to a lot. So who were your favorites in wrestling when you first started watching? Uh, let's see. When I first started watching, big Dan O'Brien fan, CM Punk, of course. Uh, I was, uh, as I progressed, I got into a lot more wrestlers, but definitely my first impressions were uh, definitely CM Punk, Dan O'Brien, those kind of athletic guys. Yeah, that and blows my mind that when he started <laughs> watching wrestling, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were a thing already. <laughs> don't, don't mind me as I just sit here and and feel old. And marvel, yes. <laughs> yeah. I kind of talked about the hardships you faced to get to this point and the battle you had in the Cat Countdown with you know Chase Del Monte, and you actually eliminated Pat Matthews, which is fantastic. He deserves it. Uh, that's kind of nothing really compared to what you've dealt with in your life um 
at what point did you kind of first know that there was something wrong with what was going on? Yeah, well, the funny part was that I didn't realize how serious my condition was until later on in life because I was five years old when I was first diagnosed. So I was really young. Uh, even my parents obviously didn't know until uh, they diagnosed me the first time. So uh, it was definitely something that I was almost oblivious to until I'd finally grown up a bit and gotten to finally see how far I've come from uh, this point now, from where I came from. Uh, I was put into a coma almost immediately after they diagnosed me. So it was a while till I actually realized how serious my leukemia was. And uh, it's something that has definitely been something that's motivated me to help others because I know that there's so many other people in the same situation that don't know how serious their condition is, who are uh, just little kids who want a childhood and uh, don't really know what that is. So uh, it's definitely something that's motivated me to inspire more people uh, as fast as I can and to live out my dreams. So weird because, Brian, like my first memories in life are like at five years old. Imagine that's like yeah, you're like, normal. You know what I mean? That's like the first thing you I, can remember. I, I can't even imagine. And, and, and you know, you're not there yet, Mike, and maybe someday you will. But as a parent thinking about like and, and my thoughts, you know, go to your parents and what and what they, um, you know, endured. And, and like it's just it's just insane. But the fact that you're sitting here today is just and you're such an upbeat, positive kid. It's. It's amazing because those types of experience in life, you, you kind of can go one way or the other. And, and it's, it's wonderful that you've chosen to inspire people to, uh, you know, uh, to instill hope and show people that really anything is possible. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So what was kind of the official diagnosis? I mean, you didn't know it at the time probably, but what was the, the diagnosis that they gave your parents yeah so when i came in it was november of 2005 uh when i was first brought in because of uh had a lot of bruising uh i was feeling really ill at like long periods of time obviously uh and i was diagnosed with all leukemia and so the first time i fought that until i was eight uh then i had about a year that i was in remission and then in 2011, I was re-diagnosed and fought that until I was 12, which uh, then three years ago, I became cancer-free. And uh, that's when I started this journey and couldn't be happier. What did you do to kind of keep your head up when all this stuff was going on? Uh, there were so many things at first that I would try to, you know, take my mind off of things. But like I said before, right where I am right now is where I've always wanted to be and where I've always dreamed of being. Uh, wrestling was always that thing for me. And I've always tried to help other people try to find their pro wrestling because there's so many different passions in this world. And pro wrestling was the one that spoke to me, but there's so many different things. So definitely during those uh, long nights in the hospital, those uh, times where I had to sit in my hospital bed uh, where anyone who wanted to come see me had to be uh, up in all this kind of gear with gloves on and all that stuff. Uh, wrestling was that thing that could uh, motivate me, could stay close to me, something that took my mind off of it. And uh, definitely the best thing that could have happened to me at that point as uh, at such a young age was to find something that uh, helped take my mind off of things. And I can't thank the people in this business enough for just uh, doing what they do every night and not knowing how many people they inspire. And there's countless others, I promise you, that are just like me. And without knowing it, these people are uh, my heroes currently and were even bigger heroes to me back then. What do you, what do you think was it that drew you into it? What, what made you, you know, because everybody has their reasons why they found this crazy thing on TV and that, it, that they just were drawn to it. What was yours? What drew you to pro wrestling? 
Well, uh, as a really young kid, I was uh, into comic books and superheroes a lot. And, uh, of course, I was only five, so couldn't go out and watch all these uh, big superhero movies with all this bloodshed and stuff. Uh, so one night I was just scrolling through all the channels and uh, in the hospital and just found uh, SmackDown on. And it was definitely something that uh, I could definitely live vicariously through and uh, I looked at these people like superheroes because that's really what this business is is they take superheroes and supervillains and watch them clash and uh, definitely all the characters uh, drew me to this lifestyle and drew me to this business and uh, it was something as a kid that definitely helped me get through it and definitely was something like that I'd never seen before and something that really interested me and hooked me. So at one point, I did see somewhere that you got the opportunity to go to a WWE house show, and I think it was Manchester, New Hampshire, right? Yes, yes. And you got to go backstage and, and meet some people. How was that opportunity? Oh, it was so cool. I mean, I've been able to meet countless people because of uh, the different organizations like Make-A-Wish and other companies that have helped uh, kids like me. Obviously, you hear about John Cena all the time. I got to have a similar experience with uh, Seamus when I first uh, was, I was 10 years old, got to go back. That's, uh, I know this is going to make you guys feel old again, but that's when he was the world champ in 2012. <laughs> yeah. So I got to go back and I got to hold the belt and all that. And it was, uh, it was the first time I've ever met someone like that. Uh, obviously now I've been able to meet uh, a lot of other great people, but Seamus was the first one for me. And, uh, I got to go back there, hold the belt, take pictures, and uh, I can't thank WWE enough for that those opportunities because I know how much uh, they work towards that and how hard they work, and it definitely pays off. And was that something where you had a difficult time getting there because uh, the doctor is giving you issues with leaving and going to the show? Yes, that very night I was uh, had very low uh, blood cell counts, and I didn't think I was going to be able to get out in time. Uh, to the point where the nurses and doctors were uh, getting their costumes together because they were going to put on a show uh, <laughs> for us in the little lobby uh, just to help me get through it. Because Children's Hospital at Dartmouth uh, in Lebanon, New Hampshire, uh, they're a great place and they definitely help out a lot of kids. So that night they weren't sure if I was going to be able to get out and luckily I did. But uh, the fact that they were preparing to do that was uh, was pretty crazy and pretty great of them. But yeah, that night was a night they'll never forget because it was so up in the air on whether I was going to be able to go and to be able to get there live uh, for my first time was something really special. And the relationship between you and the staff at the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth, I read some stuff like that you like to pull pranks and stuff like that on the nurses. Uh, <laughs> can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was my other passion besides wrestling was uh, playing a lot of pranks because <laughs> uh, how else do you keep yourself entertained in that kind of environment? Right. Uh, you know, uh, I used to uh, wrap my foot in Play-Doh and like purple Play-Doh calling the nurse then they'd yank off like uh my blanket and have like a giant purple foot right <laughs> have like uh, i'd put on like a freddy krueger claw from the bathroom and call them in and i'd like jump out my favorite is probably we had an indoor snowball fight where we took snow from outside uh they wheeled me in on my wheelchair and i started hucking snowballs fart machines anything you can think of <laughs> as, as these poor people looking back on it are coming in to like see like these like sick people that are and they're all sad and i'm just pressing this fart machine button over and over again but you know so yeah anything to keep me entertained who are your accomplices to bring all of this uh all this stuff into the hospital it was insane how many doctors and nurses would go along with <laughs> these sick pranks that uh this poor 10 year old kid should not be playing on these innocent people but uh definitely they were a big help and i think that 
uh, it was a big morale booster for everyone there to have uh, kids that were so upbeat. And I think that's something that I've tried to pass on to other people who are in that situation now and back then was to just stay positive because uh, it affects just as many people. Your positivity is really contagious in that kind of environment where everyone is just holding on for hope. So that was definitely something that was uh, that kept me entertained and to help other people get entertained in the same way that I was. I'm a big believer in um, that through with those types of even with illnesses, very serious illnesses that need to be treated medically. That but that positivity and having hope and having a smile. Um, not only helps you cope with it, but I think truly helps with the healing process and and, and surviving it. Um, you know, so it's amazing that you were able to that you're able to do that. And I'm sure for the for the staff there that it was a it was a breath of fresh air because you know they're dealing with so much sadness and scariness and just uncertainty on a day to day basis. That I'm sure it was I'm sure it was a breath of fresh air. Exactly. Exactly. Uh like we were talking about earlier, I didn't really know the severity of my disease until I was older, but during my second time, I was old enough to really figure out what was going on. And uh, instead of being down in uh, these final days, I got that a lot where uh, they told me, I have three days to live, I have hours to live, and uh, definitely actually, like, they, they would say, that? yeah, oh I was God. told that I was going to die in a series of days uh, multiple times, so were my parents when I was, uh, of course, in my coma and stuff like that, uh, but... Uh, definitely, I thought if this was it for me, I needed to keep everything as positive because if this is going to take my body, it's not going to take my personality, it's not going to take my soul. And that's something that I've always tried to bring to the table in anything that I do. Even here, uh, definitely positivity is the best thing that you can have in environments of uh, sadness, of pain and scariness. Uh, even when everything's good and happy, as long as you keep everything positive, big things and great things can happen and it's such a better environment. It's amazing perspective from from somebody so young because I mean and Crockett can attest to in our in, in in real life and you've probably I'm sure you've encountered it in pro wrestling and 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 as grown ups I'm sure we've been guilty of it at times that you get so wrapped up in whatever's going on in your life that you forget to to have that perspective and to have that sort of perspective at fifteen are you yes yeah, so fifteen. fifteen years old and and you and you've You've packed a lifetime of experience into those 15 years, but to even still have that perspective and and, and, and so young is is so rare. And that's something, Avery, that I hope I hope you truly take with you for the rest of your life because it's taking you this far, man. I think you're doing all right for <laughs> thank yourself. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you give in terms of advice for kids that were in situations similar to yours? Uh, I mean... I can't stress it enough, and everyone will say this, and when I was in that position, I didn't really believe it, but everything really does get better, and to be able to find an environment that you fit in, uh, everyone there is in a similar situation, you can talk to anybody about anything that's going on, and I know that there were so many times that I was down, that I was out, and uh, like I said earlier, just find your pro wrestling, find your passion, find that thing that you fit in with, because you never know what will bring you hope, and you never know what will bring other people hope. So just by doing your thing, uh, as wrestlers did for me, just by doing your thing, you can inspire so many people. Uh, you can lead by example, and you can uh, just set this standard for yourself. Even if you're told these are going to be your final days, you aren't going to survive this, just keep pushing forward, keep doing you, and you will survive. You will get out of this, and everything really does get better, so just keep pushing forward. And what would you say about the the support you got from the people around you, like your parents, your family, friends, and stuff like that? 
uh, support has always been something that I've been really thankful for uh, in the hospital, especially all the nurses, all the doctors, all the family members, all the friends that reached out. I mean, uh, I live in a small town, Henniker, New Hampshire, 20 minutes from Concord, and that entire town got together just to help out a sick kid like me who they weren't sure if they were going to make it. Uh, but they definitely didn't see it as a waste of time. They definitely tried to jump on it, and I can't thank them enough. And in this business, it's been the exact same. Of course, uh, you, uh, Brian, have just been such a big influence on me, and uh, you've definitely always brought that to the table where you've always... Uh, any room that you step into, you definitely help bring up the vibe. You definitely help Thanks, positive man. things up. And I like to give you a hard time. I like to, <laughs> of course, yeah. I like to push you around a little bit when you're a security <laughs> guard. <laughs> yeah, but... He got in my way, this kid. Do you believe him? Why would he go and do that? I don't know. He's, 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 just doing my you job. You know I'm just the kingpin, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... You know, you know it's funny thing, Avery? The, the first time I kind of became aware of you is I see all these people wearing the, the Game On t-shirts. Yes. And I'm like, what, what the hell are all these t-shirts? Like, uh, uh, you know uh, my brother-in-law, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Brandon. Uh, uh uh, Bryce Clayton, who was a student at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, also my my brother-in-law, and I see him, yeah, and I see <laughs> him wearing one, and I see all these people. I'm like, what the hell is this T-shirt? And like, oh, this kid at the school has. I'm like, wait, a kid at the school already has like a T-shirt? <laughs> I was so I was so confused by this. And then of course I became what aware. a conceited jerk. Yeah, I became aware. I became aware of your story. So talk talk about the T-shirt. What does it mean? Where did it come from? Yes. Like. You know. So I've been here since July of 2015, and uh, I was only 13, so I was only allowed to sit out, watch, take notes, meet all these great people. But in uh, April, before I was able to actually start here full-time, uh, Brian let me do a fantasy camp. So uh, when I was uh, at the fantasy camp the day that I walked in, uh, Tommaso Ciampa was there, and uh, he definitely took me under his wing, and we've been great friends for a long time since that camp, but... He was uh, inspired by my story, and it helped motivate him enough that he set me up with uh, the people that do his merch, uh, Legit Fit Designs, Jamie Violet. He's great. Definitely go check him out. Just design my gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he helped get this whole Game On t-shirt to happen and got this concept all done. Uh, but since then, it's become so much more than just a t-shirt. It's been uh, a way of life for me. It's been something that I live for, something that's helped me uh, keep going, keep pushing past and it's uh, not just a catchphrase. It's the way that I live my everyday life. Uh, game on means just keep pushing forward, keep doing you, keep it positive, and just always do what makes you happy. And that's what game on's all about. So I can't thank Jamie, Tommaso enough, uh, any of those guys who have helped all this happen. Game on is definitely blown up in the past year that I've had these shirts. And uh, it's been crazy. So you beat cancer twice. When you beat it the second time, what was kind of the feeling after you finally got the word that you're clear? It was such a whirlwind of just emotions, but uh, the biggest one of all really for me was, as corny as it sounds, like this is go time now, because I was able to, I've been wanting to do this for the longest time since I was five. Uh, I've just been always wanting to be in this business, and as soon as I got done with that, I'd been taking notes in the hospital bed because that's all that I could do, just taking notes on wrestling, like, because <laughs> that's just always what I've wanted to do. And as soon as I got that clear, I was like, I got to jump on this opportunity. Of course, bad decision, self-training myself in my basement. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very bad decision. I was yeah. going to ask you about some, some backyard wrestling yeah. stuff that I saw yeah. online. And, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, bad, bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> but then I immediately started to come here. Uh, and started messing around here, started getting my uh, stuff together, ready for this business, because this is always what I've wanted to do. 
So as soon as I got that okay, that I was cleared, uh, this was definitely the first goal in mind and something that I still am working towards right now. So you talked about doing that fantasy camp and coming here and Brian Fury allowing you to do that camp. Uh, what's your relationship like with Brian Fury, like when you first met him and today? Uh, he definitely came in not really knowing my story uh, the first day. Of course, uh, I'd taken notes for about a year and a half before my first day of actually being in ring, so he knew me pretty well by then. Of course, he's hard on everybody here, but he knows how much I care about him, and I know how much he cares about us. Uh, we're all his kids, and my relationship with him, of course, is a trainer. Uh, I consider him now a friend, uh, a mentor, and someone that has definitely influenced me more than just about anybody else in my entire life. And anybody here will tell you the same thing. Uh, he doesn't take it easy on any of us, but he cares for us. And uh, what he turns out has definitely uh, been a test to what he can do here and how much he educates us and gets us ready for this world of professional wrestling. And I can't thank him enough for everything that he does. So you talked about taking notes for a while before you started training. Now, how did he allow you to just come in and start taking notes? How did that whole thing happen? Uh, well, I know when I first came in, I almost called it in my head like a Heyman hustle kind of thing. As to, yeah, <laughs> I just seen Paul Heyman's documentary at that point. I was, yeah, like uh, I came in here. It's supposed to be only be like two classes that I'm allowed to just come in here and see if I want to do this. I knew that I wanted to do this. Uh, so I kind of wormed my way in. After a couple of months, I just kept asking, like, uh, when can I come back? He finally was like, fine. Okay, like, stop bothering me. You can come in. And uh, as it started happening, it just started uh, easing into it. And he just let me start come uh, every week because he knew that this was something that I was really serious about. Uh, then I finally, after the fancy camp, like, uh, I have a lifetime membership here. I paid that up front. Uh, my mom and dad, I can't thank them enough for actually uh, helping me live out my dreams and not turning me away from it. So I helped out a lot with that. Uh, but then I was able to start coming in here after a year and a half, uh, four notebooks worth of notes. Wow. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, just just ready to go. Uh, more notes than I took in 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Fury was definitely uh, someone that definitely believed in me since day one. And uh, once I kind of got past that wall of uh, bothering him like I did, uh, he finally let me come in here, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Wait, I just realized he's, he was born in 2001. I just put in a, what, what, what's your birthday? Uh, September 28th, 2001. Wow. Yeah. So he was born like two months before I started my pro wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brian just going to drop the I was mic already, and walk away. Ironically, I was already <laughs> sitting here taking notes while taking notes <laughs> i'm doing quote air quotes quote. yeah yeah sitting next to todd sinclair uh we were uh, i was sitting here uh, watching class for for two months and you were like yeah barely not a fetus yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways continue with this <laughs> well you talked about your parents supporting you and you know helping you out to uh, pay your tuition here was there any concern from your mom and dad about you starting in this business uh like you mentioned earlier uh i was fooling around with a lot of my friends you know in my basement as a lot of kids do right uh you know so they had definitely seen that and were like, no way. But uh, as soon as my mom came here the first time, uh, she definitely met Fury. She met all the other guys here. Uh, Johnny V, uh, Amato at that time was here, uh, Setherin. And uh, she definitely got to know all these guys really well to the point where uh, she's just as big of a part of this as I am. All the people here know her just as well as they know me. 
Uh, so I saw you guys up. I was working Limitless Wrestling up in Westbrook, Maine, and, <laughs> and there and there's not only Avery but yep. Avery's mom. Drove me two and a half hours for a Limitless show. Uh, yeah, she she's definitely a big part. My dad is too. He takes me here uh, every other Thursday. My mom sets up all the rides. Uh, comes here as much as she possibly can. Takes me to all the shows. They're both big influences on me, and uh, they definitely have become accustomed to this, and it's become just as big of a business for them as it is for me, and uh, they love it just as much as I do. How long is the ride from New Hampshire? Uh, it's about an hour here, about two, three times a week, and then uh, it can Hineker, be... Hineker's not too bad. Yeah, and it can be <laughs> like up to two hours, depending on what show I'm going to, but yeah, they're definitely such a big help for me. Uh, a to lot get of time in Hineker as, as a child. My, I did. My, uh, and you'll know this. You, you, you must go to John Stark. Yes, I do go to John ah, Stark. Yes. See? My cousins lived in Ware. I spent a lot of time really? with them in yeah. Ware. Yeah. We'd ride our bikes to Hineker. <laughs> but there you this go. It's a whole New Hampshire thing. Yes, going it on. is in here, right? <laughs> Come on. New Hampshire <laughs> well, boys here, well, Mike. Yeah. New Hampshire <laughs> coming in strong. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, now, you got here to the school and you actually started training. Uh, what was it like in terms of your relationship with the other students? I mean, you're younger than most, if not, I mean, I, I would assume all of the yeah. students here at the uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy. What was that dynamic like? Was it weird trying to fit in at first? Uh, I've definitely gotten laughed at a lot here. Uh, at first, uh, a lot of them saw me as a kid. A lot of them, as soon as I started training, would take it easy on me. Uh, I definitely thought that I wasn't fully prepared for this but as time's gone on they definitely start to respect me i call a lot of them are some of my best friends uh in the world not just in wrestling and uh they've definitely gotten to the point where i call them family at this point we're all a family that's the one thing that i love about new england professional wrestling is just uh we're all a family here and uh, no matter what show you go to chances are that you're going to find someone that you know and someone that you've spent a lot of time with uh and as i've gone on in this school i've definitely become happy with uh, how many relationships I've gained, how many people I've been able to meet through this. And uh, now they're some of my best friends, like I said, I've ever met. They're some of the nicest people uh, I could have ever met in my life and such positive influences on me and uh, motivations and definitely people that I'm going to keep intact with my entire life. And I love each and every one of them. So. You, know, you know who he is in high school? Exactly. He's the weird wrestling kid. Yes, it's, yes, it's okay. Me and Mike were the weird wrestling yeah. kid at one point too. <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, Steve O'Reys downstairs, who also made his debut in the countdown. Uh, he has like a bunch of friends who love wrestling in his school up in uh, Lawrence in Methuen, and they're all talking about wrestling all day during school. And I'm like, "Where are you guys from? Like, I'm the only wrestling kid in my entire high school. I'm just, I'm just the weird kid in the corner watching, uh, watching WWE Network and listening to podcasts during my study halls, like." If I had the WWE Network as a kid, if I was like 15, if I was yeah. like Avery's age and had the WWE Network, like I would have, I would not have graduated high school. <laughs> I would have, you know, like the and and like so growing up, it's funny. So my, Mike's entire school years, I'm sure, were spent as the closeted wrestling fan. You just <laughs> you love it, but you're hoping nobody finds out. Exactly. So <laughs> I made it till high, high school. It was actually starting. To, I went to high school in the Attitude Era. You weren't yeah. even thought of yet. Yes. So, <laughs> but the you, you know the. 
the wrestling was cool. Yeah, when exactly. I was, like, in yeah. high school, like everybody's wearing wrestling. Everybody had Austin three. I didn't have an Austin three sixteen <laughs> shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wore an He's Austin three sixteen. Candy ass. <laughs> I, I wore an Austin three sixteen shirt to school the other day. No one knew what it was, and I was like, <laughs> "Do you even Man. know what it is?" Yeah, I was like, "Please." <laughs> it's got the network, Brian. He does have the network. <laughs> I have the network. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? The ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, what? <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> how dare you? Um, so, what was it like? The uh, how did you find out that you were going to be in the chaotic countdown? It's going to be your first match on a show in front of a crowd. How did that whole situation come about? Well, I was actually right here. Uh, Chase Domani he pulled me aside right after class, uh, Saturday morning class. Uh, he of course asked me if I had my ring gear, my name. He knew I already had my shirts and all that. He told me he was going to put me into the countdown. I was super excited. Uh, I had no idea the magnitude of the spot that I was going to get in that match, though, and I'm really grateful for what they've done. Of course, it's a lot of people come in through Battle Royals, make their debuts in there, and uh, but the Chaotic Countdown is so much different than all of those. They're such a high production. Uh, so many people work for that match, and uh, it's definitely a really prestigious spot. And to be able to have so big of a position in that match was something that I never thought I was going to get and something that I'm really grateful for having. And for people who don't know, it's kind of Chaotic Wrestling's Royal Rumble. It's exactly, like one yeah. of our big shows. Of the he year. got he got to work with the second greatest Chaotic Wrestling champion of all time. I mean, that's there's no shame in that. That's pretty good. Chase Delmonte. Well, I mean, everything. Brian Fury did retire, so. Oh. Wow. I'm, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, leave, I leave for nine months and everybody forgets how awesome I am. <laughs> you're going to have to show them all over again. Yeah, when you prove it to them. <laughs> when you wrestle Elia. Uh, well, speaking of Elia, I mean, that's who I think of when I think of Avery. I think yeah. of Elia, <laughs> who when I was around you know, all the time and you were uh, established, Brian, at the Chaotic Training Center at the time. This is now the NEPWA, but when it was the CTC... Evan was the young kid. Yeah, he, we should beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've argued that uh, as much as I love Ev Evan's parents, they may be the worst parents of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Who signs up their 13-year-old for pro wrestling school? <laughs> Do you have any kind of relationship with Elia? Oh, yeah. Me and Elia are really close. He's definitely someone who has obviously taken me under his wing because he knows the struggle of this business at such a young age. Uh, he's uh, taught me a lot of what I've known today, uh, how to definitely work around my age, how to uh, become better and be equal to all these other guys who are twice your uh, weight, height, size, age, everything. So he's definitely been someone who's taught me how to be in this business at such a young age and to be successful. And uh, he's one of the nicest guys that I've met in this business. Uh, he's someone who uh, I can always ask for uh, help. I can always ask for advice. And he knows exactly what this is all like at such a young age. So he's definitely been someone who's been very vital in my uh, career thus far. Career. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Elia Markopoulos, the current Chaotic Wrestling champion and future opponent. Not for long. Of the Kingpin Brian Morales. <laughs> yeah. Not for long. <laughs> so, uh, Avery, what did you get in terms of advice going into your first match? Uh, well, they definitely told me to take my time. That's definitely something that I've gotten to uh, learn a lot about. A lot of the people in the crowd, that's why it was so nice to make my debut for Chaotic. And uh, in Woburn, we have such a dedicated crowd of so many great people that I've been able to create relationships with. Uh, I do a fan cam uh, before the show. 
uh, and all that. And I've been obviously doing security for a long time. So a lot of these people I knew and to be able to go out there in front of uh, pretty much like 300 of my family members uh, was definitely something that was really special to me. So in terms of advice, they just told me to have fun more than anything because all these people know your name. Everybody knows who you are and everybody's going to really uh, be surprised by this because not very many 15-year-olds can say that they made their debut in the Chaotic Countdown for Chaotic and professional wrestling in general. Uh, so they just told me to have a blast and do my thing just like I have for the past 15 years of my life. Just be me, do my thing. Uh, and hopefully that will inspire people just like I have uh, in past endeavors that I've done to be able to be in this match uh, in such obviously a vital role, such a big role. Uh, was definitely something really special to have done in Woburn. If you would ask me, the advice I would have given him was right before you went through the curtain, hold him up for money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming out there unless you give me an extra, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You could have got a couple <laughs> extra zeros in your paycheck. <laughs> I'm guessing there was at least one zero in that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, ju- ju- there was one number, zero. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the 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 big secret for uh being over for uh, for a battle royal is to be security on shows for yeah. tony yeah. omega was always like oh the, my god the biggest baby face <laughs> on chaotic wrestling shows because yeah. he was always in the crowd mingling with and the people. other thing about and the other thing about tony omega he's never in the final four but he's always in the final <laughs> five <laughs> uh see uh, you talked about uh taking it slow everyone the advice was to slow down i guess the advice you always hear is when you think you're slow slow down even more yeah uh, but i i mean what i saw i i saw a good amount of poise from avery at the uh chaotic countdown what do you think brian you you saw the whole yeah thing play out I, I thought it was, i thought he did a great job thank you um you got somebody, on the microphone and everything yeah, yeah. kind of cut a pro, shot of promo is first <laughs> 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 no um i mean I mean, to go back to your story for a little bit, the things you've faced in life, I mean, you, you know, there's not many things you're going to face in life, man, that's tougher than what you've already faced. So, again, we already talked about you have a great perspective, but, yeah, you own the moment. It's owning moments. That's what professional wrestling is about. When you're out there in front of the crowd, um, it's it's the it's funny. I got asked recently uh, when we did the Facebook Live, what's the best piece of advice I've ever received in wrestling, and it was the simplest piece of advice I've ever received in wrestling. It was make the people notice you, and that was from from Walter Kowalski. And and I always think of that because it's so stupid and simple, but genius at the same time. Because that's what pro wrestling is about: owning the moment, make the people notice you. When there people are walking out, you want them talking about about you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was definitely something that heat stealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely something that I was really surprised about when I came out. Like uh, the ovation that I got, it took me back for a second. Like I didn't think that uh, I was going to get an ovation like that from these people. Uh, I'd made a lot of relationships with them, but I didn't think I was nearly going to get uh, the amount of support that I did. And uh, to be able to go out there in front of them and. Uh, as I saw all of them leaving, them wanting to take pictures with me and do all this stuff like that I've done with wrestlers for the uh, longest time that I can remember, uh, to be in that position it's weird was when crazy. That flips, huh? Yeah, it was so it was so <laughs> weird. It it was crazy. Um, but it's definitely been a crazy position to be in and something that I've always dreamed about having. And uh, to finally have that moment was something that I'll never forget. And I'm guessing you had a good amount of friends and family there in Woburn with you how was how was that to have them there cheering you on it it was awesome uh I had like uh, my grandparents there uh, of course my parents my sisters uh everyone there 
to support me and to have all of them at that big event uh, for my debut was something that was really special. Uh, I didn't know how big of a position I was going to get until the day of. So that was definitely something uh, that I'll never forget and something that I can't say enough about. For uh, I can't thank them enough for such a great opportunity to be out there in front of my family. To have that kind of position uh, was something that I never thought was going to happen at this early in my career. And something that I never thought was going to happen, period. So to be able to be out there in front of my family who's seen all these struggles, seen what I've gone through, uh, seen my dream progress uh, since I was in the hospital, to be able to finally be out there in front of the people, in front of them, was uh, something that, I'm not even going to lie, I've told many people this, I broke down after the match because it's something that I've always wanted, and to have them there for it uh, after seeing me at my lowest was something really special. How do you think they felt? What did your grandparents think about seeing you <laughs> out there doing that stuff? Uh, well, my grampy approached me after the match, and he was like, you know what? I think I'm the only one out of this entire family that saw Killer Kowalski live. <laughs> That's the first thing he saw to me. Not, not like, great job, nothing. He said, you know what? I think I'm the only one who's seen Killer Kowalski live. And he's Cro like... Crockett probably went to high yeah. school with your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, I'm a little sad you didn't do the claw hold, but other than that, <laughs> he's like you did a great job but seriously to have all of them there they were all super proud of me uh, I was super happy that they were all there to see me do this this was something that they half of them had never seen me even at practice before so to see that jump from me uh, right up against the TV watching this uh, every day of the week for like the past decade plus to finally see me do this live uh, was something that they were really uh, not expecting. They weren't expecting it to be such uh, of a grand scale. Of course, chaotic when it comes to production. They are second to none. They are. Uh, I know Jamie Jamikowski's loving it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, it's an inside joke, Avery. We'll explain it to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but but it was great. So to have all of them there on such a grand scale on such a big night, uh, I'm sure they all really appreciated. Uh, the big spot that I got just as much as I did and uh, they were definitely really proud and it's something that I can't wait to do in front of them again. So you got the first match under your belt. That's a, that's a big one to get out of the way. Uh, what's next? What are your goals coming up for professional wrestling? You know, I have so many dream matches. Uh, Malonis the day after, you, you kind of challenged me on Twitter there. I saw that. <laughs> uh -oh. uh, so, so I'm down for that whenever you are. But uh, besides Let me that... Let the chaotic title first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Let, you can do that first. Uh, but this kid thinks I'm going to do the J-O-B for <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no way. No way. <laughs> but besides that, I'm just going to keep working as hard as I have uh, since I came here because I know that's what I've been working for for my entire life. And now that that's there, now that I've gotten a taste of it, I'm just going to keep working even harder. And I'm just going to keep doing my thing like I always have. And uh, that worked to get me into my first match. And as long as I keep putting in the work, as l everyone here has told me, you've told me it, Chase has told me it, of course Fury's told me, like uh, what you put in is what you get out of this business. And as long as you keep working hard, you're going to make it far. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. You're hitting up independent shows. You're going out there bringing your gear. Yeah, I always have my gear in the car. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling one-on-one, always bring your gear. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I always have it in the back uh, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, whatever uh, whatever the next step is, I'm, I'm ready for it. Well, uh, I know you have a long 
and story career upcoming in the wrestling business. And I really appreciate Avery having you here. And you can inspire a lot of You've already inspired a ton of people. And why don't you share your social media and let us sure. know where people can find you so you can inspire them yeah. as well. So, of course, Facebook, uh, Avery Forrestall. Uh, Instagram, Game On Unbreakable. And then Twitter is RTLA underscore game. RTL? Yeah. Okay. Refuse you, to you lose. You don't follow them yet? There you go. It's refuse to lose a game. I do. This is for the people. That are oh, okay. I, I bet you, I think, I think, I think Avery, before we get, we get, take Mike's phone. I want you to go look at your followers and see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it re- really, this has been, this has been so fun. And uh, your story is obviously incredible. You're an incredible kid. Thank like, you. I'm blown away by your maturity, your poise, um, and your perspective on life. Um because even you know going through what you, what you've gone through, um, not everybody comes out with that sort of perspective. And to have to have the perspective you do on life at such a young age is it's wonderful. It's one of those things like the great tragedy of life is you learn everything you need to know, and it's the it's the end of your life. You're old and gray and too old to apply <laughs> yeah. it. Not that implying that that you know Crockett is, but not, well. but, not <laughs> me. but for at 15. So I mean, I mean, really, truly, um, take that with you. Uh, for the rest of your life no matter what you do with your life because it, it'll take you a long way and just keep that positive attitude and keep inspiring people like Thank if you. your life's work is to just inspire people that's a pretty damn good uh goal in life man <laughs> thank you guys so much like it's people like you guys who uh keep my positive attitude going uh, and uh show me why i fell in love with this and show me why i want to pursue this even further to have so many supporters and have so many people on my side is something that I can't express through words how important that is for me. All I really want to do is inspire and uh, make people proud, make the school proud, make Fury proud, make you guys proud. Just make as many people proud, make as many people inspired, motivate as many people as possible, and be the same heroes that all these other wrestlers were to me because without them, I wouldn't be here today. I mean, doctors, nurses, they do so much for me, but without that motivation... All these diseases are so mentally taxing, and that's what people don't really focus on, is it's just as much of a mental game, if not more than a physical game, when it comes to all this. So to have people like you guys to motivate me, that's all that I can ask for. So I thank you guys so much. Well, it's definitely mutual. Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think, kid? You want to stick around for the promo about nothing? Of course. You want to stick around and let's Crockett babble through his reads some more? <laughs> we got, That'd be great. So we're, we're going to head to this now, but we got about 10 minutes of me and you just sitting here silent while he, uh, well, he doesn't even read. Oh, yeah, you have to read the uh, the live read there. But, Perfect. Uh, because you rewrite it every time. But <laughs> Yes. Uh, you know, but prepare to be silent for like 10 minutes, Avery. All right. Well, well, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bollywood is dancing in the aisles? <laughs> As Brian Fury shakes his head. <laughs> yes, against all odds, Jinder Mahal defeated Randy Orton. Newsflash at Backlash to win the Spoilers. WWE. <laughs> to win the WWE World Heavyweight title. What does this mean? Well, it means the internet is melting down, even still. But what BDA Radio means <laughs> is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. <laughs> oh, God. Don't hinder gender. And don't delay BDARadio.com. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, what uh, do you think of Gender as the Champ, Avery? Yeah. I love it. People have been asking for change for a long time, and as soon as they get it, everyone's angry about it. I there mean, you go. Yeah, I'm ready. He wasn't even born uh, when Gender started getting his veins. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no, he was. That was like a few months ago. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, and I forgot about voicemails. <laughs> Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into All that. Right. Uh, Brian and Avery, this promo about nothing is from the year before Avery was born. <laughs> 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 it was WCW, World Championship Wrestling. And Brian, it's your favorite. Oh. oh. He is a surprising recent inductee into the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Oh, Avery, let's see if he's a true listener of the podcast. Who's my favorite wrestler of all time? Jeez, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? I, oh. I'm truly stuck. Who is it? Come on, think about my age. <sighs> okay. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of people like you emulate. I'm I'm not sure who is it's it. It's nobody I emulate, that's for sure. It's Vader, nobody. right? Vader? It's not it's not Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk who, who Hogan. Is it? is it? Hulk Hogan's my favorite wrestler of all time. It is the immortal Hulk Hogan. This week's promo about nothing. First things first. I want to let Dr. Proper know. I want to let Dr. Unger know and Dr. Hughes know that the release forms have been signed. You guys are not responsible for the last couple fractures in the forearm, brother. The main priority in the Yapapai Indian strap match is to have flexibility on the wrist that you're strapped to your opponent with, brother. Because in the Yapapai Indian strap match, when you're in the four corners of the battle zone, the main priority is, is to get the body in the proper position for the strapation dudes. When I get <laughs> Ric Flair right where I want him, when I get him out of wind, sucking air, sweating from head to toe, I will call to the strap master Jimmy Hart on ringside. And I will say, Jimmy Hart at ringside, give me Yapapai Indian punishment strap number one as I strap your body Ric Flair as you scream to the heavens for mercy as I see your skin start to bubble off your body you will drop your knees and you will say please Mr. Hogan please I can't take it anymore please I'm sorry I crossed the line and as I hear you beg for mercy, Ric Flair, that's when I'll call to the strap master, Jimmy Hart, for Yapapai Indian strappage number two. That's when the heavier <laughs> belt will come out. That's when I will strap your skin and the flesh will bubble. That's when the flesh will start to peel from your hide. And as I see the raw pink meat on your back, brother. Ugh. I'm going to take Ugh. it to another level. I will transform from Hulk to Hollywood. I will double strap you with both fists and you will scream to the heavens, please, Hollywood, don't hurt me anymore and I will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian. The Yapapai strap match. What do you think, Gabe? What do you think of my favorite of all time, Avery? It's <laughs> pretty good. I think that's in the opening to Botchermania. <laughs> yes, yes Yapapai. I, I think it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, and for those not watching, uh, the straps are just Hogan's weight belts, <laughs> which I'm not sure how are these blessed by Native Americans. Those I are not Yapapai stra strappage. strappages. <laughs> you got to get in the proper position for the strapation, dudes. <laughs> Are you okay? 
I, I know you're. I know he's your favorite, but you don't have to get like so excited that you. <laughs> Thanks, Avery. <laughs> we were gonna cut this out, but now you're gonna cut, come up with a killer line. <laughs> we, we, we're gonna get into. A... I suffered an injury here <laughs> in the filming of, or the recording of this podcast. My God, you had the black guy. Now you got a. <laughs> now you got a little knee tweak. What's going on here? I'm all right. All I'm right. All right. You're... Nothing. A weekend off uh, won't fix. <laughs> uh, you, so, do we want to talk about? The raw pink meat in front of Avery. I don't think we should. <laughs> oh, the double double fisting or whatever he <laughs> talked about. <laughs> he said something to that effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Yapapai strap match. Uh, I guess we should say that this match actually took place at Uncensored that year. And it was one of those touch all four corners to win. But the ref then started counting pinfalls, too. <laughs> because because it's WCW in the year 2000. Because WCW. That's the yes. answer to a lot yes. of things. Because WCW. And Hogan won, of course, by leg drop, then getting a three count, <laughs> then touching all four corners, just to make sure he had all of his bases covered. <laughs> and I well, guess you got to. You got to make sure. You do. You have to make sure out there. <laughs> and I guess another postscript of this whole thing is... There is no Yapapai Native American tribe. <laughs> there's there's no such thing. There is a Yavapai tribe, but no Yapapai. <laughs> so maybe it was like you know, like true Indian, not Native American, but like Indians. Maybe it was it, reference to that, Mike. That could be. That could be. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Maybe he but. wasn't just being blatantly racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's well. Hulk Hogan. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> let's let's steer away from that. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to see the video to this uh, promo about nothing, check out the link in the description of this episode on the New Age Insiders Network. All right, Brian, we want feedback from people. Every week we do something called Merv Griffin Time. That's a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion with young Avery Forrestal here, and use the hashtag WPAN, and we'll mention you and your tweets this Thursday. Yes, every Thursday, it's an all-new, all-different episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing. We call it the BDA Bonus Podcast. And right now, along with Merv Griffin time and our Heal Laugh Hall of Fame inductions, it is the new home of the WPAN's most celebrated segment, the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. Also, you can download past episodes of the NAI Network podcast, like the interviews we just added with Cheeseburger from Ring of Honor and Chaotic Wrestling CEO Jamie Jamikowski, who we just mentioned earlier. It's all on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it all over at BDARadio.com. Avery, wake me up when he stops talking. Jesus. <laughs> but that's another show, Brian. A way you can interact with us right here on the New Age Insiders Network every week is through our voicemail line. We want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. We have a voicemail here. Oh, boy. And uh, I thought so I saw something on Twitter about this before we started recording. Yes. Um, I did preview this one. Hopefully this is appropriate for all ages. So do we have Avery. to have Avery block his ears? <laughs> let's, let's get a permission slip uh, drawn up really quick to make sure that everything's okay here. All right, let's take a listen to this voicemail. W-P-A-N. 
You have something that I desire. But it's not you, my crooked. Oh, no, 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 no. See, I like my men. Big. Dominant. So Brian Malone. It is you that I want. You call yourself the king. King? Well, I own a man throwing a few balls down that alley. So see you around, big boy. Um. <laughs> Who would have known that this week we get this? We have a, a young gentleman sitting here with us, and we get the, that voicemail from a friend who's uh, likes what he's seeing there with the, with the kingpin <laughs> when it comes to uh, the big boy, as he puts well, it. I uh, I can't blame him. I got a nice little butt on me. Well, it's a big butt, but it's a nice butt. <laughs> and I got dimples for days, man. Look at these things. <laughs> Avery, you got dimples? No, you don't have dimples, bro. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a little, a little something going a little on. Bit. You, don't, you, you go. don't got these bad boys, though. You don't got these bad boys. <laughs> Pass them on to the kid. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I yeah. Saw. He's going to be all right in life. He's going to so, be all right in life. Do you have any response to uh, this gentleman? I'm flattered. I, I know I'm a good-looking fella. I can't blame him. I don't know if it, uh, that was uh, Maddie Wilson, let's just let's just say, uh, <laughs> from the UK, a... a <laughs> A, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was a gold dust inspired. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because gold dust is has uh, turned over a new leaf, and he's kind of back to being in the director's chair uh, this past week on Raw. So yeah, his his ode to gold dust. Yeah, very good, very good stuff. And I'm, I am a good looking guy, so you know I understand how uh, anybody, man, woman, would be attracted to me. I just can't wait to see the picture of him with the uh, the heart drawn on his chest. It says Kingpin <laughs> in it. That'll be fantastic. Could be my new KP uh, crown logo that uh, Jamie from Legit Fake Design came up with. Perfect. Really? Can't yeah. wait to see it. And we'll I'm sure we'll talk about it when it is That's uh, right. New t-shirts just came in on Wednesday, Mike. The new uh, Irresistible Force Movable Object uh, t-shirt. They'll now be- available at shows? Yes, be available at shows. Fantastic. And, and always can- available online at whatamaneuver.net. There you go. Pick up your own. Uh, so, yeah, if you're not going to see me live and in person, there's no excuse. You can go right online and get one. There you go. Avery's got yeah, one, right? Perfect, yeah. You lying? Not yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, the time this, by the time this gets out there, yeah. Right. Oh, of course he's lying. We'll see. <laughs> we really appreciate everyone's contributions to the podcast. So call right now before you forget. Become a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing, just like our friend Maddie. The number, once again, 401 401- Five eight four nine seven two six. All right, Brian, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And what are your dates? All right, I got dates, Mike. I got uh, June the second. We're in June now. This is like this week. Wow. We're recording, peeling back the curtain like we always do. We're recording this really early because you know you got things going on this weekend. So. Yes. Uh, June the 2nd, I'm back in action after a much-needed little rest. Top Rope Promotions, Police Athletic League, Fall River, Massachusetts. Check out brownpapertickets.com and find Top Rope Promotions on all social media platforms. 
Then on Saturday morning, Mike, June what? the 3rd, get a little special deal. I know we're in the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, yes. so maybe this is blasphemous, but I will be uh, co-hosting a, uh, a special camp at uh, the APW school. What? That's uh, right, and that's in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Uh, information available on, on the Facebook. I'll be sharing that. You can bet. But, yeah, come on out and, and uh, train with the Kingpin uh, from 10 to 2 that day at the APW school. It'll be a... It'll be a good time, I promise. I kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you cut a deal for Avery here? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll charge you double. <laughs> 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 and then Sunday, June the 4th, I'll be in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, I think it's in Warwick, Rhode Island. I'll, I'll check on that. I'll have to double check on that, but it's in Rhode Island. I'll be sharing the information. It's a benefit called for one of our own. Lots of great matches. I'll, of course, be main eventing, Mike. Oh, why would you? <laughs> against Josh Briggs. Uh, AC Baby, my former partner. Ace Romero will be there. Anthony Green. Who else on the show? Avery, are you going to that show? Are you going to be on the show? Uh, let's see. We'll see if they... Maybe maybe Avery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then June the 9th, I return to Chaotic Wrestling as the number one contender to the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> that show will be in Danvers, Mass. Squad goals, is that squad what it's called? Squad goals, yes. I believe the Spirit Squad, Kenny and Mikey, will uh, will be there for, uh, I don't know, they'll be doing, they'll be doing something. They're they challenging have... for the tag titles, I believe. Oh. Yes, it's the yeah. Can -Am, uh, Cam Man Reconnection. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, June the 17th, I'll be at Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Salisbury. Check out AtlanticProWrestling.com and find Atlantic Pro Wrestling uh, on social media platforms. Uh, the weekend of the 23rd and the 24th, Mike, I'll be kind of busy. Okay. <laughs> when is this guy going to stop talking, Avery? I don't know. All right, go. Well, I'm talking about things that you know people actually pay money to come see me, Mike. <laughs> You're out of the business now. You're old and retired. You wouldn't know what it, what it's like to be out there and loving every minute of it. But I tried. <laughs> but but on on uh, so I, I if you like the Kingpin and you like Ring of Honor wrestling, why wouldn't you? I would probably buy some tickets to uh, the upcoming pay per view and television tapings in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, I'll be in attendance. Uh, I don't know what I'll be doing, but I will be in attendance, so we'll see. Last uh, time you got your mug on pay-per-view. I did, yeah, I did. But uh, this time, though, Mike, I'm wrestling for Ring of Honor now at times in the Top Prospect Tournament, and, and hopefully uh, more some more stuff coming up. So that's my June. How's Plus, that June I'm also going to be in, in attendance for that. So. You will? Yeah. In, so. the, in, the, uh, in the seats or backstage? Uh, we'll see. Whoa, hold on. Whoa, gonna... In the seats for now, but. <laughs> breaking news, breaking news. So plenty of time. You can meet up with Crockett in the seats, too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can hang out. Uh, the kid did all right. He certainly did. He stole lots of heat from me again on this episode, just like he did at the uh, <laughs> at the chaotic countdown. You stole my heat. You'll you'll get me back in the Yapify strap match. <laughs> 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 all right, before we get out of here, actually, uh, Brian Willows at Comcast.net if you want to book the Kingpin and let him get some of his heat back. And Slap. DM. Yeah, yeah you, can't book, you can't book Avery if you book me. <laughs> DM him on Twitter, at uh, Brian Malonis also. Uh, check in the boots, the podcast. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. It's Referee Tony S. It's Chip K. Fabe. They do it every Sunday. Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. MikeMills.podbean.com. Two podcasts a week on Sunday. It's the Smoky Suck Mountain. It, Mills. <laughs> on Sunday, it's the Smoky Mountain podcast. On Thursday, it's their flagship show. You can get that podcast anywhere. Podcasts are available. And the Hurricane Rana does Facebook Live every Wednesday night. Look up Hurricane Rana Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And also on Twitter, they're at the Hurricane Rana. 
Uh, and of course, we hope you continue to listen to the NAI Network all week long. You got DC and Doc Talk, The Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, Rant with Ant, Late Night Liam, Indie Pop, and I'm hearing the Inside Perspective coming in June. June is rapidly approaching, Brian. <laughs> and with that comes a all new Inside Perspective. And maybe Scotty Slade will be there. We have no idea. Who else will be there? I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But stay tuned here to the NAI Network and find out all the details. All right. We are back this Thursday for the WPAN BDA bonus podcast featuring the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDAradio.com. Then join us next Monday here on the New Age Insiders Network for episode 59 of the WPAN. Till then, he's the Kingpin Brian Malonis. That's A-Game Avery. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.